So all of heaven is watching the earth all the time, looking for a man or a woman that's going to use the Word of God, that's going to speak the Word of God, that's going to move on the Word of God. And when they do, heaven moves. Pastor George Pearsons, welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory broadcast. Today, I am expecting your greatest blessing ever because great grace is upon us all. Do you receive that today? Do you believe that today? I receive it. I believe it. I got that. I received that from a word from the Lord that Brother Copeland gave over 2014. Wow. That was part of the word yeah, from the yeah, Lord. And yeah. you know what? Terry and I have said it every day since. Sure, we are expecting our greatest blessing every day because great grace is upon us. Absolutely. We have victory over death and receive the manifestation of the love of God. And we declare that over you today. Would you please welcome to Believer's Voice of Victory, Dr. Terry Mize. Welcome. Thank you, George. Welcome, welcome. Pleasure to be here. And first of all, I want to thank Kenneth and Gloria for allowing me sure, the privilege me to be here with you. I am so thrilled about doing this because I'm getting so much from it. And I also want to thank them for allowing us to have this broadcast that goes all Amen. over the what world, from the what top of the world to the bottom, all the way around. Thank God. All of the outlines of what we're teaching here are available to you. Just go to kcm.org and that information there is for you to where you can be able to download these outlines. Every outline is available to those that are That's watching. Wonderful. And then we have a free book for you by Terry Myers called God's Opinion of You. And you can order this. This will be a great, I mean, you can carry this with you, read it wherever you go and just feed on the word of God and see yourself as God sees you, as righteous, as a king and a priest, as blessed and prosperous, as forgiven, accepted, as a world overcomer and a new creation. It is a great book. I have read it. Praise so Lord. today on the broadcast, I want us to talk about something. It was actually the message that you preached in church. It was who do you say Jesus is? Sure, sure. And so I want you to take off on that. We're going to talk about some things also concerning how to have your miracle and tying it in with spiritual authority. Sure. So, Brother Terry, take off with it. Well, you know, in Matthew 16, starting in verse 13, it says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, mm -hmm. he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And the disciples begin to pipe up and say, well, they say you're John the Baptist. They say you're Elijah. They say you're Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. He, then he looked at them and said, yeah, but who do you say I am? Who do you, who do say, you say that you I am? Say? Who am I to you? Wow. Who am I at your house? Peter, wow. what can I do in your life? You know, Matthew, what can I do at your house? What, what are my limitations with you or what are my freedoms with you? Because, George, there's a spiritual law here that says whoever you say Jesus is, that's mm. who he'll be to you. Wow. That's who he'll be to you. Wow. He can only do what you will yeah. allow him to do. Yeah. Who is he to us? You know, if we went to somebody's house today and said, who do you say Jesus is? They might curse us and say, he's not welcome here. Well, well, if they did that, he couldn't come in. Yeah. It's amazing to me. Um, our young adults pastor went out on the streets of Fort Worth and mm -hmm. he's doing a series on who are you. Mm -hmm. and, <clears throat> and he was interviewing various people about what do you think about Jesus? What mm -hmm. do you think about mm -hmm. Christians? And the answers 
Oh, yeah. The strangest things that people would say, and they're saying, who, who, who is Jesus to them? Right. And some of them would say, well, he's just religion, he's just church on Sunday, sure, he's just sure. this. But to others... Oh, yeah, he's real. He's real. Because see, there's a historical Jesus. Mm. You know, if, if, if any nation of the world and every religion of the world, yeah. they believe in Jesus. I mean, if, they, if they're literate, if they can read and write, they believe in Jesus because he's in the history books. Now, they don't believe he's deity. They don't believe he's the son of God. They don't believe he's alive right. today, but right. they believe that Jesus lived yeah. and, and they know that they know where he lived and when he lived. They know how he died, when he died. They know he's the, the, the organizer of the largest religion in the world. They know their calendars are marked by him. Mm. <laughs> That's right. You know, I mean, every time you yeah. get a day off at yeah. work, you ought to thank Jesus for it. I mean, because our calendars are marked by him. So, so he is a historical figure. Yeah. And so a lot of times when you ask people, you know, who Jesus is, or do you believe in Jesus? They say, oh, sure. But they're referring to the historical Jesus. Mm. They're not, not a personal relationship right. with a living Jesus. And, and then there's the religious Jesus. Some people, you ask them about Jesus and they just, oh, sure, sure. You know, because they've still got him, you know, on the cross or they've still got him suffering. Or they've still got him as a little baby in the manger, you know, but he's, he's not the real alive, yeah. living entity yeah. person. And some are intimidated by sure. him. Like, don't, don't pray in his name oh, sure. at the football oh, sure. game oh, or sure. things like that. Oh, sure. Or at graduations exactly. or whatever. Exactly. It's amazing the impact that that name has when they, when they don't think there's much to it, but they'll tell you not to say it. Right, right. Yeah, they don't so. think there's much to it, but they're scared to pray. They're scared for you to pray in his name. And that all, that all goes to maturity, immaturity. Sure. Oh, sure. Not, not knowing who he is and not really sure. experiencing the love of the Father. Oh, cool. Now, I want to talk to you just a minute about a famous old preacher, a real hero of mine. He's in heaven today. Been been gone for quite a while. But his name was Oswald J. Smith. He loved missions and wanted to be a missionary. That's all the man ever wanted to do is be a missionary, but he couldn't do it. He tried. He went overseas over and over again. And uh, finally, he, God got it across to him to pastor a church in Canada and quit and do missions, but quit trying to go overseas and be a missionary. And so uh, there was a church in Toronto that needed a pastor. When he got there, they said, now look, we're deep in debt and we want you to preach Sunday morning, and we want you to preach Sunday night. We want you to mention the debt, talk about the debt, and raise an offering to, to deal with the debt. And so he got up Sunday morning and preached, and he preached on missions to everybody's surprise, and never one time mentioned the debt. They said, why don't you stay over and preach next Sunday? Now listen, we're deep in debt. We want you to take up an offering. We want you to get this debt taken care of. And so he preached Sunday morning on missions, never mentioned the debt. Called an afternoon meeting for 2.30, preached on missions, and never mentioned the debt. Preached Sunday night on missions, never mentioned the debt. For some crazy reason, the board decided to hire him as their pastor. And so he preached for a solid year, never one time mentioned the debt, preached on missions every time. But because they gave to missions and believed in missions, God paid their debt off. So at the end of the year, he got his report from his, his bookkeeper, his CPA, and the bookkeeper said, you gave seven times more to missions than you spent here at home. And I want to read you something that he said that I've lived by and I've preached around the world. He said, number one, if I refuse to give anything to missions this year, I practically cast a ballot in favor of the recall of every missionary from the field. Number two, if I give less than I've given before, then I favor a reduction in the forces of missionaries proportionate to my reduced contributions. 
Number three, if I give the same as I've always given, every year give it the same, then I favor holding the ground already won, but I oppose any forward movement. My song is hold the fort, forgetting that the Lord never intended his army to take refuge in a fort. All his soldiers are commanded to go. And number four, he said, if I increase my offering beyond former years, then I favor an advance, an advanced movement in the conquest of new territory for Christ. And you know, I took that to heart when I was a missionary and all these years I've been in the ministry. I mean, all these years uh, at the beginning of every year, I tell the Lord, I'm gonna give more this year than I gave last year. I'm gonna give more this year than I gave last year. And we've been able to do that now for over half a century. And God has blessed it and blessed it and blessed it. It's proven. And uh, I invite you to get involved in giving to missions as well. And if you'd consider, prayerfully consider, partnering with Renee and I, partnering with Terry Mize Ministries as we go around the world, then I promise you this, I will pray for you. Renee will pray for you. Our staff will pray for you every day, every day, every day. And according to God's word, he will bless you and minister to you and keep his word to you. I believe you'll find missions giving is going to be your greatest asset and your greatest return on your giving that you've ever had in your life. God bless you. We love you. You're more than conquerors. They're scared for you to pray in his name. And that all, that all goes to maturity, immaturity. Sure. Oh, sure. Not, not knowing who he is and not really sure. experiencing the love of the Father. Oh, of course, because they've been exposed to the religious Jesus or the yeah. historical Jesus, but never the real, never the living Jesus. Yes. Absolutely. So you go know, ahead. Peter, you know, Peter spoke up and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I mean, there's only one. There's only the one. The Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to thee, thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Uh, you know, as you were bringing this out on Sunday, you were talking about, you're beginning to talk about the power that's in that name. Sure. And one of the statements that you made, which I thought was so outstanding, um, you said, Pastors, you need to teach people how to beat up the devil. Oh, sure. <laughs> to use that sure. name, sure. You, he said, you can make the devil mind you. Right. T.L. Osborne said that to me so many years ago. He said mm -hmm. one day, he said, Terry, I've been watching you. And I said, oh, you have? And he said, <laughs> he said, he said, yeah. And he said, you know what I learned? I said, no, sir, I don't know what you learned. And he said, I learned that you know how to make the devil mind you. And I, and I just yeah. thought that was an incredible yeah. statement. You know, he said, you know how to make the devil mind you. Yeah. And as long as we know that, and then he also told me, always stay till the devil leaves. That's where I got the, that stay phrase from, till the always devil stay leaves. till the devil that leaves. That was, I wrote that down and, here. And there I, it is right there, TL. I just, I just thought that was as powerful a statement as you'd ever want to hear. I mean, you know, you couldn't even put a price on that. Yeah. And that's, how, that's yeah. how people win their victories. That's how people beat the devil and beat sickness yep. and beat uh, the things that are attacking them is they, you, you outlast the devil, you stay till the devil leaves. You made, you said something too in terms of this, because this all ties into spiritual authority. Oh, sure. The, the authority in the name of Jesus. And you said that there is a difference between, um, difference between murder and martyr. Sure, absolutely. Talk about that a little bit. Well, you know, you know the devil, Jesus said that the devil's out to steal, kill, and destroy. John right. 10, 10, that's right. his job. His job is to steal, to kill, and destroy. And, and in the Bible, we realize that there is a martyr's death. Now, we don't know a lot about it. The Bible doesn't talk a lot about right. it, but in Hebrews, right. it does talk to us a little bit about martyrs. And, uh, and so I think the church gets confused today that they just think anytime a Christian dies, they're a martyr. And, uh, and that's not really true. A lot of times it's just murder. 
And there's a difference between martyr and murder. You, you remember when, when Columbine first happened those decades ago, yep. years ago, and, yep. Yep. and then several copycat school shootings after that, and now lately we've had some more. But, but back then, you know, there was a, that one and then the copycats. And so I, I literally ran into Christians that would say to me, uh, Brother Terry, maybe my children will get to be martyrs. Maybe my children will, will, will die like that. And I said, well, bite oh, your tongue. Yeah. You know, I said, you need to go down to your school and march around it seven times and shout That's and it. declare the spiritual it. authority over it that, it that the devil's not welcome here, that your kids are protected, the blood of Jesus is on that school, and there's not any devil going to touch them. Uh, because they get this strange idea that, well, well, maybe that's a good thing if my kids got killed or if I got killed, you know, for Jesus, then I'd be a martyr. And, and that's not true. You'd just be murdered. <laughs> and, and the devil's just out to murder. He's, he's crazy. And he wants to kill, to steal, and destroy. Now, today, uh, we know in, in, in nations around the world, they're actually knocking at the door. And you come to the door, and there's a guy in a black mask and black clothes and a, yep. a machete in his belt or a knife in his yes. belt and an automatic weapon. Say, are you a Christian? And they know if they say yes, then they're going to die. Their kids are going to die. Their wife's going to die. They're actually beheading children. And, uh, and so some deny Jesus, say, no, no, I'm not a Christian. But many, many others say, no, I am a Christian, knowing full well they're going to die. If their kids are going to die, their wife's going to die. But, uh, you know, my question is, all those guys that are, that are dying yeah. don't really have to. You know, it's not, it's not, yeah. they're not all being martyred, they're being murdered. And, and I'm thinking sometimes, well, like, well, where are they going to church? What's, what's their pastor teaching them? Where's the spiritual yeah. authority? Because we're not here just for cannon fodder for the devil. We're not here just as a punching bag for the devil to beat up on. He, he, God didn't leave us as more than beggars and more than losers. He left us as more than conquerors. You know, Gloria and I did a teaching that just aired on the Believer's Voice of Victory not too long ago called The Untouchables. Praise God. I Living like in it. the circle of God's blessing. I like it. And we spent a full two weeks talking about our protection, our Praise authority, God. our dominion. And That's one of the wonderful. comments that we received was from a gentleman who who said, well, all these all these Christians that were being martyred and killed, don't mm -hmm. you care about them? And, right. and, and Somebody always wants to turn it negative. Well, and, and he said, well what, well, what about them? And first of all, my answer to that is we care about them deeply. Yes. We, we love these people. Right. And every time we hear something like that, I mean, it just hurts to hear about children of being course, course, heads cutting of off and, and all of that kind of thing. But what it also brings to me and what I do with our church, when these things come up, I come back and I preach and remind them of the authority that we have Absolutely. in the name of Jesus. Absolutely. And I honestly believe that we need, we need development, further development in that area because there is a fear, oh, that's, a fear that's tried to come on our nation. I agree. Because now these guys are showing up mm -hmm. and people are afraid. And people act like we're helpless and that they've got all the, all the power and we have none. Yeah. You know, but I've said yep. to a lot of people, I said, you know, you ought to be able to stick your finger in that guy's face and say, let me tell you something. My God's bigger than your God. My daddy's bigger than your daddy. Anybody's going to die around here today, it's going to be you and not me. You, you know, George, I've been shot at before. I mean, you know, we've talked about that some on the broadcast. Yep. I, I've been yep. shot at yep. point blank range. I've been shot at from a distance. You know, I've had people put knives in my throat and guns to my head and threaten me. And the, uh, the, when I was, I sneaked into a country in Southeast Asia one time, wasn't even there legally. I've done it several times. I've snuck into a country. I won't say which one because I don't want to get, right. don't want to get caught, you know. But uh, the army there, 100,000 strong, uh, uh, actually, actually sent me personal death threats on three different occasions. You know, and they're from another religion. Yeah, you were and, telling and us said, about they said, that. You tell, I mean, before. it was personal. I said, yeah. you tell Terry Mize if he comes out here, we will kill him. You know, and I sent him a message back and said, I'm coming in the name of Jesus. You can't kill me. 
and I went. And the second time I went, another trip, they, they did the same thing. And I said, yeah, you can't kill me. I'm coming in the name of Jesus. And so we went. And then the third trip, uh, I said, you know, this is the third time you said you're going to kill me. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You hadn't done it yet. And I said, and if you're, if you're going to do it, you better get some help because I, you've only got 100,000 strong and there's more with me than with you. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, I had my oldest son with me, Lynn. I had my oldest daughter with me, Lori. We were walking trails that were actually landmined. You know, we were walking where they were shooting mortars into the camp and, mm -hmm. and Chinese f fighter planes were strafing the villages, you know. And, and, uh, and I told the people, I was going out to a place of 28,000 people. And, and, and I said, uh, you tell the people that anyone that comes to my meeting will not be harmed. There will not be a hair of their head harmed. And uh, so people came to those meetings. Uh, they were saved. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. They had miracles and miracles and miracles. And uh, the enemy army actually rushed the village during the week and did kill a, a Baptist missionary, yeah. uh, which I hate yeah. and I'm yeah. sorry for, but yeah. he wasn't in my meeting. Nobody yeah. in my meetings were touched. So you're saying we have to be trained. We have to Absolutely. be trained and taught to Absolutely. know how to walk in our dominion sure. and our authority. Absolutely. We've got to learn from the Word about that. And, it, you know, as you're talking here, I was thinking about... Um, we, we have a security force here at Kenneth Copeland mm -hmm. Ministries. Mm -hmm. We've got guys that guard the property sure, and course. so forth. And, and uh, people might say, well, what about the angels? Well, we got the angels too. We got them both. We got them both. And they do periodic training. They stay in training. Mm -hmm. Sure. And they're doing, as a matter of fact, while we're taping here, there's been a 14-day training right. going right. on on this property for not only our folks, but, but others. Right. And one of them is a, is a good friend of mine. You met them, mm -hmm. uh, David and Lynn. Mm -hmm. Sure. And uh, <laughs> we were waiting for Terry, my, my Terry, to land uh, coming back from Branson the other night. And Lynn was out there and she's waiting for David. Mm -hmm. And so we got to talking to each other and I've never really seen them in action before. Right. And I said, what are you teaching tonight? And she said, we're teaching about knife training. Mm -hmm. And when wow. somebody attacks you, what do you do? Wow. And so she handed me the, the, the knife that they use for the training. It's a dull sure. metal thing. It's a training and, knife. And so I said, well, what would, ha what would you do if I went like this to you? And I took the knife and I went like that to her. And boy, she just whipped up and she, she said, we go like. Psh, psh. Right, and you're done. And you'd knock out <laughs> the ability of that sure. individual sure. to attack you. Well, I'm thinking about how we train for those things. Sure. How much more? Exactly. How, How, much more? Much How much more, more do we train to take our dominion and our authority Absolutely, over these George. things? Absolutely. And you've well, got... I, I, I'm a Texan. I love guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I sure keep my angels handy. Sure. And in all these countries I go to, you know, I go, I go to countries where they're trying to kill me. I go to countries where, you know, one misstep and they'll kill you. Yeah. And so we always yeah. have to be prayed up. And What about and, Jamaica? You were... What happened in Jamaica? Huh. Oh, the, I, I've been to Jamaica so many times over the years, and I've taken teenagers with me and taught them to win souls. It's a soul winning trip, and I, I'm a soul yeah. winner, so I can yeah. teach soul winning, you know. And, and I always tell people, you're not a born soul winner, but I can make you one. You don't have to, you know, just be willing to be made. And we just teach those kids, and they win souls like shooting fish in a barrel. It's wonderful. But I was there one year. I had about 60 teenagers with me. And I was there one year, and, and, and all of a sudden, the police car just comes up with sirens going and lights flashing and screeches to a stop right where I'm standing. Mm. They got out and said, you know, Dr. Myers, you're under arrest. You come with us. And I said, okay, fine. I said, let me tell my son. Lynn was with me. And I said, let me tell my son what to do with all these teenagers, you know, and to get them back to the hotel. And they said, no, no, you're under arrest. Get in the car. And I just said, I said to the officer, I said, I said, I'm going to tell my son what to do with these teenagers. I'll be right back and go with you. 
And so I walked over to where Lynn was, told him what to do, and I said, I'll be, I'll be back for supper. Just take everybody back. They put me in the back of the car, you know, and, and drove me off, and all these kids are looking, and I'm kind of waving in the back mm. seat of the police car, you know, the sirens going and the lights. Mm. And, and it got down to uh, an immigration office and marched me into this lady's office, and this sweet lady, bless her heart, she was so angry. I do not know what she was so angry about. We weren't doing anything wrong, yeah. you know. I mean, yeah. I've been to Jamaica many years. Right. And... Uh, but she was so upset, and she said, uh, "She said we're deporting you today." She said, well, "I'm having my officers take you from my, my office, and they're taking you straight to the airport and deporting you." And I said, "No, ma'am, you're not. I'm not leaving today." And she said, "Well, you certainly are leaving today." And I said, "No, ma'am, I'm, I'm not." She said, "I'm having my officers take you right now to the airport and put you on a plane and send you out of this country." And I said, "No, ma'am, I'm not leaving here until Saturday. My ticket's good till Saturday, and that's when I'm leaving." And I said, you know, I've got teenagers here that I'm responsible for. I said, my wife's here. My kids are here. I've got grandbabies here. She said, well, I'll have my officers stop at the hotel and pick up your wife and grandbaby. I said, no, ma'am, you're not going to touch my wife and grandbaby. We are not going to the airport. And she just slapped her hand down on her desk. And she said, do you know I'm the second highest official in this nation? And I just slapped my hand down on her desk. I said, do you know I'm a, I'm a king and a priest of Almighty God, and I've got more authority than you do? Mm. And she just sat there and looked at me, and, mm. and all of a sudden the phone rang. And so she picks up the phone and says, hello. Now, I didn't hear what was said on the other end of the conversation. I just heard her end. And she said, she said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, well, why? Well, who is this man? Well, why is he so special? Yes, sir. Goodbye. You may go. I said, thank you, ma'am. And I got up and walked out. And I have no idea who called her. You know, and I don't know what was said, oh my. but uh, I went. I got went back to the hotel, picked up the kids, went to dinner, and all that kind of stuff. Now Saturday, when we were all leaving the country, uh, several officials came out and met me at the airport. One of them I knew, and the other two gentlemen I didn't. And uh, they said, uh, "They said, Doctor Miles, we're so sorry." They said, "This this will never happen again. We're just so sorry that this happened to you." Mm -hmm. and, and they said this, George. They said, "What do you want to happen to that officer?" And I said, excuse me, what do you mean? They said, well, what do you want to happen? They said, do you want her out in the country milking cows? Uh, you just tell us what you want done, and that's what will happen. Oh I said, oh, no, I don't want the lady to lose her job. I said, I, just, I said here's what I want. Yeah. I don't want it to ever happen again. Mm. I said, what if I, hadn't mm -hmm. been, what if I hadn't been me? What if I'd just been some young American youth leader with a bunch of kids over here or a pastor that didn't know what to do? And what if they had really got deported and all those kids would have been stranded here not knowing? To, I said, so I don't want that to ever, ever happen again. And they said, no, no, it'll, we promise you it'll never, ever happen again. But, you know, there's times we just, when we're right and in the right, we yeah. just have to be yeah. take that authority. Because if I'd have just sat there, you know, all mousy and just said, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, then they'd have just taken me to the airport and deported me. But, you know, you have to stand your ground whenever you're in, and take your authority, take spiritual authority. So you're really answering the question, who is Jesus to you? He, oh, yeah. is, he is your protector. Oh, absolutely. He's your deliverer. Absolutely. He's your dominion. He's your authority. You are under the authority of the Amen. name of Jesus. George, one time Lynn and I were in a, in a jungle situation in a, in a country illegally and, uh, and went into this village to preach on a Sunday morning. Mm. And the army was scheduled to attack this village. And that's what they, they, they do there. Uh, they'll, they'll attack a village. They used to kill the people. Now they, now they uh, capture them and make them work on a highway that they're building across the nation. And, uh, 
And so, uh, but what happens is someone, some guy in the military may have an aunt or a sister or a mama there, so he gives them a warning, say, hey, right. hey, tomorrow we're attacking your village. Yeah. And so when I got there, the, the pastors told me and the people told me, they said, you know, t tonight the village is being attacked by the, by the army and they're going to burn it to the ground and then they're going to capture people. And George, I got up and preached a message on supernatural protection that I didn't know that I knew. <laughs> and the whole time I'm preaching, it's coming out of my wow. spirit. The Holy wow. Ghost is preaching it. Wow. And I'm thinking, I wish I was recording this. I wish I could take notes. I yep. wish I could write this yep. down. Yep. I didn't even know I knew that stuff. Yeah. It was just coming, coming up out, out of your spirit. Just protection, protection, <clears throat> protection. You know, protection by the angels, protection from the word, protection by the blood, protection in the name. I mean, I mean the Holy Ghost was doing a good job. It wasn't me, wow. you know, and I just wish today I had those notes. But but when I finished, I said to him, I said, I said, now all of you follow me out to the to the edge of town. And we, I walked off the edge, out to the edge of the village. I took the heel of my shoe and drug a line in the dirt across the road. Mm. And I said, now I decree to you as a man of God in the office of apostle that God's called me to, they will not cross this line. There will not be one house burned in this village, not one hut burned in this village, not one person touched in this village. I decree it as a man of God in Jesus' name. <laughs> and that night, not a place was touched, mm. but outside the town, was the temple of the other religion and it burned to the ground. Nobody did it, nobody said it, it just burned to the ground supernaturally. Wow. And so the next day, everybody in the village was walking this, this tall. You know, they were just, they were just walking on air saying, oh, thank God. Thank. And they said, Brother Jerry, come out here. Said to, several of the priests were hurt in the fire. Said the, the temple burned down, they were hurt. Mm -hmm. And I went out there, George, to try to help these gentlemen that were hurt. And I felt so badly because when they saw me coming, fear, came on their face and they used to begin to crawl away backwards and say, no, 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 no. And I said, oh no, hey guys, I came to help you. But you know, they, they thought I did it. I mean, they thought I was spiritually responsible right. for it. Right. And, uh, and so the, the pastors were excited. They said, Brother Terry said, you, you stopped the, you stopped the army attack. You stopped the, the village, the, 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 got the village, the temple to burn down. Said this, stay here two weeks when we'll just rid them out of the whole country. Wow. But, uh, wow. Uh, and I told the pastor, I said, well, you can build your church right here where this temple was because they won't build it there again because of their superstition and religion. So I said, so you, you can take that same spot. But it was a Holy Ghost sermon yeah. on supernatural protection. Yeah. Who do you say Jesus is? Oh, absolutely. Who is he? And in and, and church on Sunday, you talked about the names of God. He's your doctor, your lawyer, your banker, Absolutely. your protector. He's the most Amen. high. He is all of them. I Father, in the name of Jesus, we take yes, our dominion and our authority Thank over every evil yes, thing that would try Jesus to come name. against us in Jesus' dominion name. And, and Father, we're coming up. We are coming up in yes. understanding the revelation yes. of the authority of the Praise believer in this God. earth. Yes, in and Jesus we take name. it, we walk in it, and we believe it, yes. and walk in full protection yes. because God, we are the untouchables. Yes, the wicked yes, one are. touches yes, us not. Thousand forward our side. In Ten Jesus' name. Right hand and in Jesus' name. Praise God. Well, I like it. I like it too. Hello, everybody. Renee and I just want to remind you that the greatest miracle of all time and the only eternal miracle is salvation. You know, Christians say sometimes, hey, if you get saved, you live forever. Well, I've got news for you. You're going to live forever anyway, somewhere, either in hell without God for eternity or in heaven with God for eternity. So uh, we don't want to leave without giving you an opportunity to, to give your life to Jesus, to accept him as your personal savior. The Bible says that we'll confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and called Jesus our Lord, ask forgiveness for our sins, we will be saved. It even says if you'll call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. So uh, let's just do that right now. Pray this prayer after me. Father God, 
I come before you today to accept Jesus. I believe in my heart Jesus is the Son of God. I call on you today according to your word. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. Make me a new creature. Thank you, Lord, for saving me, and I'll serve you the rest of my days in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, the Bible says you're saved, you're born again. So write us, let us know, tell somebody that you prayed with Terry and Renee and that you gave your heart to Jesus. We love you. God bless you.